0: This is KCBX Central Coast Public Radio. I'm Father Ian Dellinger, and I'm playing with food. How do you think we're doing at Whitney's charge to us to encourage our kids to be the future? Well, one organization in San Luis Obispo was doing exactly what Whitney wants us to do. The Peace Academy of the Sciences and Arts was founded a couple years ago by an interfaith group of community leaders who, in their words, aspire to create holistic real-world experiences in an eco-friendly and robust learning environment with the most comprehensive standards in the sciences, the humanities, and the arts. What does that have to do with Food. Well, during the Peace Academy summer camp, the Playing With Food crew shadowed the students as they played with food as ways to learn about culture and about science. In this first clip, the kids are drinking their science project. They are very enthusiastic in their describing it, and you can hear other kids in other areas as we have our conversation.
1: We're making butterfly tea. We, um, it started with one color, and then it changed to another color. How did that happen? Now, the thing we put Lemon. In. And what did you put in? Lemon the that thingy over there and honey and some honey and yeah. so the lemon juice changed the color of the tea from the original blue color from, from blue to purple that's right and also in mine I stirred up mine a lot before and then I added a lot of lemon mm-hmm. and then I added honey when I tried it I put in too much lemon <laughs> <laughs> but so what did adding lemon do to your drink it made it um more like tan purplish this color to this color right so from like this nice deep blue to a nice light purple pinkish color and that's what happens when we add acid like acidic types um, of food to things with the ph green Green? oh green well the honey did make the, the purple turn a little bit tan that's true yeah, and how does it taste, Olivia? It tastes really good. It tastes really good. It's like a nice, refreshing iced tea, yeah. and an, a science experiment all together at the same time. The lemon citrus made the tea change color, right? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Why does it have hay inside the tea bag, though? But not all things have like a pH, right? So if we just took like a another flower, it wouldn't necessarily do the same thing. I have a question. Yes. Why is there lavender in the tea bag? Lavender? There's no lavender. I saw a purple flower in mine. Butterfly pea and lemon grass. Are any of those things purple? The butterfly pea. Okay, so that's purple.
2: Yeah, exactly. So we are working with foods that are also pH indicators. So they change color in the presence of acids. So today we're using a blue tea and we're using lemon juice as the acid. So the blue tea is the pH indicator. The blue tea is blue and then when you add... The lemon it turns purple and so that tells us that there has been a change to the acidity of the tea so basically hydrogen ions are released into the solution but we didn't get into that specific detail with the students but just introducing them to the idea of acidity levels And that foods some of them actually are indicators of those acidity levels. Cabbage is another one which is often used in science labs for high school students to experiment with the pH scale. But what we like about this blue tea is that it's edible so it turns into a tea party.
0: Each day, a group of kids makes a snack for the rest of the community. But it's not just about preparing and sharing food, which in and of itself is a very powerful tool to achieve the Peace Academy's goals. The kids make food as the experiential part of learning about culture. In this clip, which has a lot of background noise, the kids make tortillas and salsa.
3: My name is Saunders Sarouf, and I am a teacher with the Peace Academy of the Arts and Sciences. This week we have our week-long summer camp called Rhythms of Our Neighborhood and part of the program is around food, food traditions, cultural practice of eating food, of where food comes from, how people from different places eat different foods. And so each day we make a different food and today we are going to be making corn tortillas and salsa and our connection to that is part of San Luis Obispo County. About 30% of our demographic is Latinx, and we're going to talk about Mexican culture, the importance of corn, which was also very important Native American culture. Yesterday we made fry bread, so we talked about the origins of that, which isn't part of corn, but there's some connection to that because of the disconnect through colonialism that Native Americans did not have access to their own food. So they were given flour, they made fry bread. Today we're going to talk about corn, and we're going to make the tradition of corn tortillas, and then salsa. So our camp are students for the week. There's about 22 students with us. They range from 7 to 14, and each day about 5 to 6 students are part of meal prep, and they're going to cook with me. Okay, first, and most important, is make sure you wash your hands with soap and water. Okay, so today we're going to be making corn tortillas mm-hmm. and salsa. And I'll have two groups making the corn tortillas. So two groups of two. Can we make tortillas? There was only five There was only five today. Okay, well, and then we'll figure it out. We'll make some salsa too. I want to make the salsa. You want to we're make the salsa too, okay. You can work on the salsa. Mm-hmm. You three can work on tortillas. And the last person, please also. So you'll see the you'll see the tables out there. You can go ahead and stand by a table, and I will bring some ingredients out. Can anybody guess why we might be making corn tortillas? And yesterday in Miss Madi's class, did you learn about four ethnic groups that live here in San Luis Obispo County? Yes. Four races. What were some of them? Um, white, black, Asian, and. Oh, right Latinx, Asian, so with a large Latinx population does know what that means so that Central American, Mexican, South American so that makes the Latinx population we have a large population here in San Luis Obispo County in California in the United States of America and so we've adopted some of their food traditions With corn tortillas, corn is a very, very, very important food. In Native American traditions, in Central American traditions, it's an important crop, it's an important food. We say corn maíz. Can you say maíz? Maíz. So, to make corn tortillas, we use masa flour, which is ground-up corn. Can you say masa? Masa. 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 So that's what we're going to use today to make the corn tortillas, and you'll see the recipe there. So it's important to know when we're eating foods that we've adopted to, uh, from other cultures that we know a little bit about those cultures. And we learn and we share and we enjoy in that food as well as understanding more about the cultural practice and the people. Yeah? Alright. Vamos a comer. Vamos a cocinar.
1: Measure masa and put it in a mixing bowl. Measure salt and add it to mixing bowl. Mix together <laughs> dough. Let's sit for a few minutes. Talk about your favorite cup, so you're do food. to uh, deal with your hands. If it feels dry or wet, ask Sandra. Um, four so, balls, three cups of masa. You can do two, I can do one. Make sure to even it off with your hands. There you go. And then put it in there. Hmm. that And there, there. Let's see next.
3: tablespoons of
0: salt,
1: 1.5.
3: It says, add hot water and mix into a soft dough. But first we gotta mix this. Uh, So when you're adding the hot water, add it, one person is gonna pour the hot water slowly while the
1: other person is mixing the I'll pour it into the measuring spoon and you can. Yeah. Just keep stirring. There you
3: go. Have you heard
1: of kneading bread? Oh yeah, yes, I do that all the time. Things. I love so it Because be... I make my own bread.
3: There you go, you want to knead some? I want to get as much
1: of this as this as I can. I'm sure this will be so good when yeah. it's done. I thought there would be chunks of corn in it, but there's not. <laughs>
3: It's, it's okay. True. Gets yeah. everywhere. It actually feels yeah. really good to me really? because what you're going to want to do is, is make, make little golf ball-sized balls because we're going to press it later maybe into an actual tortilla. These. Yeah,
1: you could start with
3: that and then maybe add a little extra. That might be a little small. Is it golf ball-sized? So who's heard of a tortilla press? Uh, so this of- is a tortilla press which makes it much easier to flatten your tortilla. Mm-hmm. We could try to flatten it with our hands. We could roll it out with a rolling pin, but this is a traditional tortilla press. You're gonna put the tortilla ball in here. You're gonna cover the lid and you're gonna push down and then it smashes it into a press.
1: Ooh, that looks fine. So we're gonna do that. Taking tortillas is hard. Kind of. I thought it would be really easy. Like you just <laughs> made balls and then you smashed them and then made yeah, them yeah. flash. <laughs> do this. Flat.
3: Wow. Look, I think that looks like actually a pretty good size. What do
1: you think? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. It's a teeny tiny little turkey. What did you do? A we'll flippin' smack.
0: Describe yeah. the flippin' smack to me.
1: So You take the top plastic off and then smack the tortilla down on, on the cutting board and then take off the plastic on the bottom. That's a really good technique. <laughs> there you go.
0: So what are you making over here?
1: Um, salsa.
0: Have you ever made salsa before? No. Do you like salsa?
1: Yes.
0: Do you like cooking? Yes. What do you cook at home?
1: I usually make bread and banana pancakes with my sister.
0: Oh, that sounds delicious. Banana pancakes. Mm.
1: So now there's two garlic cloves. Where are they going? To pop garlic, you to squish it. And then you want to peel the first layer off so you don't have
0: all the steam in it. Garlic cloves are different. Just... You want a little tip about garlic cloves? Sure. Okay, you usually do this with the, the back of a knife. That makes them easier to peel.
1: Now the cans of tomatoes.
3: So on the recipe, when do we add the cilantro? Do we add the cilantro to the
0: just says put everything in the blender?
3: And then blend it? Okay. I'm gonna bring a bowl because we're gonna have to do this in batches, because I think if we turn the blender on like this,
1: what's gonna happen? It's gonna overflow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Question. So you split it, but this one like there all the onions were in here. There was no onions in here.
3: Okay, we're gonna mix it all together at the end. So should that I pour that to... in
1: a bowl? Yeah. I think I got the tomato on. I'm not helping. No, I think if I tip it up it'll all kind of come to the it'll be easier to scoop
0: up. So what's in your salsa?
1: this red stuff tomato cilantro and onion and garlic Yep.
0: just those four ingredients
1: and
3: i
0: think we need to add salt no chili peppers
3: mm-hmm. that's a really good question we left out the jalapeno today because
0: mm-hmm. we're feeding students
3: do you like spicy food catalina you do i should have brought jalapenos today oh bummer i thought some kids might
1: not like jalapenos let me see <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then can mix it. We put everything in um, the bowl, and then we um, split it in two halves, and it came out as this.
0: Okay, what did you put it in?
1: Um, a blender.
0: And what did the blender do?
1: It blended it.
0: So does this mean your salsa is done? It looks pretty good. It smells good.
1: More salt. Salt? Okay, I'm going to
0: taste it. Very nice. I could go either way. More salt or not more salt. I could go either way.
1: You want to know a trick to how to squeeze lemon without getting the seeds?
3: You squeeze it upside down and you let the lemon juice dribble out the sides. Wanna try that?
0: She's good. It's
3: pretty good. It's definitely missing the picante jalapeno, but we wanted to keep the hot out for the kids. Can I try some?
0: Yeah. This is KCBX Central Coast Public Radio. I'm Father Ian, watching children become the future. They are being taught well, and the Peace Academy is letting them lead the way. During the Peace Academy summer program, the kids prepared and shared food as a way of learning and experiencing the aims and goals of the Peace Academy. Sandra explained how making tortillas accomplishes that. There's more to today than just cooking tortillas and making salsa, isn't there?
3: Yeah, there's... Just cooking alone, there's some science and math in cooking and read. there's literacy in reading the recipe and being able to read what you're supposed to do and then do it. There's teamwork and collaboration because they're working in groups, they're working with partners. How are we as a team going to make this happen so that we're successful? And then really there's, for me, and I think with the Peace Academy of the Sciences and Arts, it's about where does food come from, why is it important, how can we share food, what are the traditions behind certain foods, and the way people eat certain foods, so there's that deeper context of food is nourishment, but food is also cultural practice, and food has meaning to people and to generations, and so we try to impart a little bit of all of that through the practice and throughout the day.
0: How does this line up with Peace Academy goals?
3: The three pillars of the Peace Academy are global citizenship, environmental stewardship, and self-awareness. And so I think the practice of cooking in itself is part of self-awareness and working together. Global citizenship is about learning about other cultures, other food traditions. I say other, but also knowing it's part of our own and part of what we eat here in San Luis Obispo County. And the environmental stewardship aspect of where does our food come from, who grows our food, how does the food go from farm to table, where does the food come from, is it grown locally, is it not grown locally? So there's all those different elements when it comes to food and food production.
0: The next day, the kids made pancit, and we first got a pronunciation lesson.
3: Today we're going to make something called pancit. Can everyone say panseit? Does anybody know where it's from? Ponset. Yes, Kasai. Am I saying it wrong? Thank you for correcting me. How do we say it? Ponset. Ponset? Thanks for telling us. Tell us about it, Kasai.
1: Um, my grandma makes
3: it. Thank you. I appreciate, because you know a little bit about Filipino food and Filipino culture, and so I appreciate you letting me know how to say it correctly. How does your grandma make it? What does she put in it? Uh, she puts vegetables and stuff. So today we're going to make a vegetarian version of... Pancet? Pancet. Sometimes it's made with shrimp or with fish sauce, and today we're just going to keep it vegetarian for our group. In Pancet is noodles, and we're going to use rice noodles today, so I have a little bit of information about it I'm going to read to you. Noodles were first introduced to the Philippines by Chinese traders, just as they did in Japan, Thailand, Italy, and beyond. The origins of pancet go as far back as the 16th century as the world's oldest Chinatown was founded in Manila, Philippines by Chinese traders and immigrants. The name pancet means noodles, which can either be rice noodles, egg noodles, or mung bean noodles. Basically, any and all localized noodles, typically sauteed with meat, seafood, and vegetables. So that's what we're going to be making today. and It's made out of rice noodles, and it's a traditional dish from the Philippines, the Philippines uh, but the noodles came from, from China. Yeah, I awesome. On Japan,
1: on, on my box.
3: Yeah, cause you're Filipino. Filipino. Awesome. We're gonna work in pairs of two. So find a cutting board. So first thing, do we do this with knives? Never. No, no, no. Do we like point it at somebody? No. Never. If we need to hand a knife to someone, do we do handle first? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. One more chopping. Are we sure that our, we're holding the vegetable and then we're holding the knife but we make sure our hand is out of the way? Yes. Are we chopping super fast? No. We're chopping very carefully and thoughtfully, yeah? Yes. Okay, let us begin. Here's the recipe. So you're all going to get to chop everything. There's enough of each vegetable that you each get to chop some of that vegetable. And so by chopping the onion, I'm going to demonstrate, you can kind of make a grid first. Like I like to go like this, and then I go the other way, almost like graph paper. My eyes are going to be really watery. And if you don't want to do the onion, you don't have to do the onion.
0: Do you two cook a lot at home?
1: To be honest, I'm actually more, more of a baker. I've made cakes more than I've made food, and I've made plenty of frostings too, but um, I do know how to chop correctly. I cook a lot at home. I like to cook. I actually have this baby picture when I was on the counter in an apron when I was two years old making pumpkin pie.
3: All right. So here's an onion for you, and here's a knife. And you have mm-hmm. your knife, right? Yes. Okay. And you guys can chop the onion. And if
1: you don't want to, do it, Amara can help you. Never really cut an onion.
0: You're listening to KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian, learning and experiencing how to make the world a better place through children preparing and sharing food with one another. The Peace Academy of the Sciences and Arts brings together kids of diverse backgrounds, as Whitney Houston put it, to teach them well and let them lead the way. The president of the Peace Academy told me about their ethos.
2: My name is Noha Kolkela. I'm the president of Peace Academy of the Sciences and Arts, and we have an amazing team here working with us this week. This week we have a camp for kids, ages 7 to 15. Peace Academy was born. 2018 was our first camp, and we did a four-week camp, and it was amazing and felt like something that we all really needed to do and be a part of. And then 2019, we had four weeks and then COVID hit, we went down to one week. And so our camp until this year is one week and we're still getting a lot of great feedback from the community asking us to do more and uh, yearly programs, I should say monthly programs and then make our summer program longer. And maybe one day, It could be a full-time year-round program so we're working on it it's a lot of work we put a lot of thought into creating experiences for the students and that's really what it is is it's a series of experiences that build on each other that the kids can really learn from and remember right so what they learn is unforgettable because they've experienced it with all their senses so we have three pillars we have self-awareness for kids to have a moral compass for them to be aware of how their own actions impact not just themselves but others around them and the ripple effect also with self-awareness is emotional intelligence and empathy for others and then our second pillar is social justice and environmental stewardship so those two concepts are combined. So we learn about social justice issues, especially as to how it connects to environmental issues. The two are very closely linked and that's, you know, a story for another time. And then our third one is global citizenship. So to understand our place in the world and how everything is connected and how what we do here together really does impact the rest of the globe in indirect ways but then hopefully you know they grow into understanding how they can have a bigger role on a global level so our curriculum always includes it's really based around those three pillars but it also is based on our values so we have eight values like compassion kindness love peace seeking knowledge generosity so those ideas and concepts are also infused into our curriculum and they're all connected to academics. So we don't teach academics in silo as separate subjects, but we create experiences that are academic in nature, but not from a book or something that they learn from a lecture, but rather through an experience. And it's an application that connects those three pillars that I described with the values. So it's more of like a real world application and experience that the kids learn or apply their
0: academics to. Have you tasted your end product yet?
1: No, not yet.
0: Maybe you should.
1: <laughs> we have to wait until everybody's served. Yeah, and then we'll get served. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and why is that? Why do you have to wait?
1: Because the tortillas are taking a long time and also a lot of people want them.
0: But why do you have to wait until everyone's served?
1: Because, so we want everybody else to have enough, and then we'll see if we have any left. Yeah, we don't want anyone to get left out Yeah. without tortillas <laughs> and salsa. I mean, like they do smell pretty good. Yeah, they do. That is very awesome.
0: How are the tortillas and the salsa? It's delicious. The
1: kids did a really good job. I'm very, very impressed. It's really good. Yeah, definitely delicious. They're really talented. Yeah, every year the food tastes so good. (laughs) It's like an addition to my lunch.
0: (laughs) Those eight core human values Noha mentioned are peace and peacemaking, humility, compassion, kindness, seeking knowledge and wisdom, generosity, gratitude, and love. As I mentioned earlier, I believe that preparing and sharing of food is a powerful tool in and of itself in achieving these values. In my own tradition of Christianity, I've led workshops and retreats on that very premise. For me, playing with food isn't a voyeuristic or gastronomic exercise for media stardom, though please tell everyone you know about playing with food. For me, playing with food includes discovering the personal stories of the people I interview whose lives, livelihoods, and personhoods have been put into the foods that they produce, prepare, and share. Every day of summer camp, the kids sing the Peace Academy song that you hear in the background. Having kids playing with food was a small part of their week-long program, but like all the other elements of the program, the Peace Academy leadership knew that preparing and sharing food is a vital element in achieving the pillars and values. I just have one correction for Whitney. I don't just believe the children are our future. I have been saying for 30 years, I believe the children are our present. And let's let the children's laughter remind us how we can be. This is KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian, and I'm playing with food.